technically true by Tanay Pan. Welcome to Technically True, a podcast about public speaking, developer relations, and technology. I'm your host, Tane. Today, I'm joined by Patrick Woods. Hey, Patrick. Hey, Tane. So happy to be here today. Great to have you. So Patrick is the co-founder and CEO of Orbit, the community experience platform, and the host of the Developer Love podcast. Patrick, tell us a bit more about yourself. Yeah, thanks, thanks for the intro. So as you mentioned, I'm co-founder and CEO of Orbit. Uh, Orbit's an early stage company. We've been working on it for about a year and a half. Uh, my co-founder Josh and I uh, are, co- are coming out of developer community world. Uh, we met at a company called Keen.io many years ago. Uh, Keen was an analytics API with a huge developer community. And really that's where we both fell in love with the, the role of community and driving all sorts of value for the, the company and the community itself. You know, everything from brand awareness to product adoption, but also things like education and skill attainment for the community itself. So that really set us down the journey to where we are today. That's great to hear. An Orbit model is really the poster child of community metrics these days. And a couple of our guests have mentioned that it's a part of their toolkit. So could you perhaps tell us a bit more about it? Sure. So after Keen, Josh and I worked at a couple of other companies. He went to Algolia, built the DevRel team. Uh, I went to a company called Figure Eight, uh, led the customer success organization. And then he and I, uh, around 2019, got back together to do some consulting, uh, roughly in the developer relations, developer marketing space. And uh, we, what we did is we spent you know, time with, with hundreds of, of, of folks across different DevRel teams and community teams, really pattern matching the challenges and what was happening inside of those organizations. And what we found uh, interesting to us was that regardless of the company size, and we, we spoke with seed and series A, open source companies, large developer tool companies, some public companies, and what we found is that they, they all faced a similar series of challenges. And, and one of those challenges was, was and this will sound a little philosophical maybe, but uh, it was a challenge around language and mental models. And what I mean by that is the sole commercial metaphor that we've had for the past hundred years has been the sales and marketing funnel. If you've ever been in any meeting, it's the only tool people have <laughs> when they're talking about anything business. And it's kind of like that old, that old saying that when the only tool you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And we, we found that to be the case for all of, all of our clients and the people we were working with. Is, and, and on one hand, you had teams inside of companies that were thinking about community and DevRel and you know, connecting people and education and training and all of these things that, that we know are super valuable. And then there were other teams in the company saying, uh, asking questions like, well, you know, how many leads did we get from the forum last week? And for anyone that's been around communities, you know that's, that's, that's the wrong question to ask, but it's hard to articulate exactly why. And so we realized that the, the challenge really is related to the metaphor of the sales and marketing funnel. And so the funnel is a, is, a, is a useful tool when the outcome you're measuring is linear or binary. So think about like a product onboarding where there's four steps and everybody, no matter what, has to do those four steps. Funnel's great for measuring that and optimizing that or an enterprise sales motion where at the end of the process, the person either makes the purchase or they don't. It's a binary process. But if you know anything about community, community is neither linear nor binary. Uh, and folks will sort of land where they want to land. And especially in the case of open source communities, there will always be members of the community who are creating a lot of value because they're answering questions in the forum, they're creating content, they're amplifying messaging on social. 
and yet they may never pay the parent company a single dollar because they're on the free tier, they're using the open source version. And so if you put that person into a funnel, they look like a disqualified lead that ends up in like the marketing system and they just get spammed forever and like nobody's happy. Yeah. And so we realized that, that so much of the tension that was happening inside of the companies we were speaking with was related to this, this tension. On one hand, community is a thing. On the other hand, the funnel is the only way to, to track and measure things. And so we realized there had to be a better way. And so uh, the, the Orbit model really is, is our attempt to model from first principles about the ways communities actually are built and to basically provide a, a mental model to describe what's happening, uh, but also provide some, some, some metrics and some actual quantitative aspects uh, to actually measure what's happening. And so, so the Orbit model has several parts. Um, there's, there are four levels, so concentric circles. So your company or products in the middle and your, you know, there's four Orbit levels uh, emanating out from there with your most engaged community members at the center and then you know, drifting, folks drifting outward. Uh, and, and the other big parts of the Orbit model are things you can actually measure. Uh, so gravity, love, and reach are kind of the central, central tenets. Uh, reach, reach is the obvious, uh, kind of an obvious one. It's how influential a person is. So Twitter followers, you know, GitHub followers, you can even think about things like newsletter subscribers. Um, love is, is basically uh, the, the theory that a, a one mark of a, of a healthy community member is, is an active one. And so if someone's doing a lot of stuff, that's, that's a, a sign that things are going well, typically. Um, and so, so love is a function of the, the recency, frequency, and to some extent, quality of their engagement. Uh, and so, you know, if, if you understand, you know, who is the community and what they're doing, you can start to model a lot of things about how the community is, is, is growing or, or in some cases contracting. And then gravity is kind of like the high level metric of how attractive is this community member to others in the community. And so uh, yeah, the Orbit model started its life as a, as a blog post when we were consulting uh, just kind of like, you know, quote unquote, thought leadership, a, a term I don't love, but uh, it was sort of a, a thing we just put out in the world. And it's, it's, it, it became fairly popular. People started to ask questions about it, to, to ask about how to implement it. Uh, we, we put the model on GitHub where it lives today. Uh, and so it's gone through a few different versions. Uh, it, it is open source. And so we've, we've asked for uh, comments from the community. Uh, we've, we've improved it quite a bit, I would say, uh, based on lots of thoughtful feedback from other people thinking about these things. And so, yeah, ultimately it's, it, it's, it's a complement to the sales and marketing funnel. And the, the goal is that, or one of the goals is that folks that are thinking about driving community and driving adoption will have, have an alternative and a complementary tool set to say, okay, the, the sales and marketing funnel is great for our enterprise sales motion. But as we think about measuring the community, here's the tool, here's the MIPS model, here's the framework we're going to use to actually measure that. And what I, what I personally have enjoyed about it is that it's, it's both a, uh, it's an easy to capture, easy to understand kind of a concept. It's like, oh yeah, like there's orbits and like something's in the center. And, um, but once you start to dig in under the, under the hood a little bit, there's, there's actual math there to, to measure and to understand. And I think this is a, this is sort of a central idea that part of what community as a discipline, I, I think, uh, we'll need to do in the coming months and years is to sort of bridge that gap between something that just sort of feels good, good vibes, et cetera, to being able to tie that back to you know, a business case. Uh, and so that's why the Orbit model is a bit rigorous when it comes to the, the quantitative aspects of, of how it goes about things. So uh, that's, that's sort of the, the whirlwind overview of the Orbit model, but it's available on GitHub. You can go check it out, you know, uh, play with it. We even made some Airtable templates. So you can actually download the templates uh, play with the math and see, see how it works. 
That's great. Yeah, that, I think like the Airtable uh, was one of the first things that I came across when uh, looking into Orbit model. So I think I was recommended to go check out the Orbit model by some fellow folks in DevRel. And uh, awesome. yeah, it was, it was really cool. <laughs> really inspiring story. And DevRel and marketing teams using traditional marketing platforms often tend to think of community in terms of a funnel. And like you've very correctly mentioned that culture is shaped a lot by a tooling. So can you share maybe some stories about things that you have seen where the teams have their ideas and the way of working has really been shaped by tools? Yeah, we've, we've noticed this really heavily over the past year or so, just talking to people and you know comparing the way a community team operates and, and thinks about itself to the way like a, a sales team, mm-hmm. you know, a sales team self, self-perception and you know, if, if you think about, if you've ever used a tool like Salesforce uh, or right. any other CRM, you know, you log in and it's, you see lots of graphs. It's like, who's, you know, it's, it's sort of coverage of the pipeline and all these sort of metrics. And then, um, you know, many tools will keep track of like how many phone calls someone made today or how many cold emails they sent. Mm-hmm. And when we, when we think about the relationship between culture and tooling, uh, you know, some sales organizations are are very focused on the numbers and optimizing and doing more. And, you know, if you only make five more calls today, if you do that over the week, you'll make, you'll have made, you know, a hundred more calls. And like, you know, it's very, very numbers oriented. Um, You know, put, if you put more warm bodies in the top of the funnel, more money falls Mm -hmm. out the bottom. And what we've seen is that the, the, the culture of, of some sales organizations is supported by the tooling that they use. And so if you imagine, if you're like an, an SDR, like an entry level salesperson and you show up, out of college for your first job. And, you know, they sit you down and they say, well, you got to send 50 emails today to strangers that you've never mm-hmm. met. And, you know, you can't go home until you do that. And then like the tools you're using are keeping track of that. And, you know, it's sort of, uh, it's, it's a question of, of so much of sales is a question of optimization. Like how, how can we tweak every stage of this process to get more mm-hmm. out of the people we're talking to? And that's, that's sort of the culture piece. And then the tools, support, they reinforce that thinking because they show you how to optimize more and they encourage you to just like do more, like send more emails, m- make more calls. And so it's kind of a vicious cycle. Uh, and so what, what, when we think about Orbit and the platform we've built, built, built on top of the Orbit model, um, we, what we're trying to do is, is, is create a tool set that is, is very centered on the humans. So in our software, it's, it's, it's the people are front and center, like there's avatars and names and you know, it's, it's not just a numbers thing. It's not just like number of leads in a funnel. It's like how many people are in different parts of your community. And we, 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 we think and we hope that, you know, if we can shift the conversation uh, away from one that's very extractive to one that's, that's more sort of creative, then that's a win for everyone. And what I mean by that is the, the traditional sales process and the, the funnel as a metaphor they ask you to just distill every single stage of the process and just wring as much out of every person in every stage that you can. Uh, if this person's not gonna buy, like disqualify them, go to the next person, go faster, do it more. Um, with community building, it's every, anyone that's been around community, we understand it's a, it's a long-term process. Yeah. And the, the tooling, if you were to apply a funnel-based process to a community, it's like, are you gonna try to like squeeze as much value out of a person? Like it just doesn't make any sense in, in the world of community. And so really we're trying to shift the conversation away from value capture to value creation. And so what we're seeing is that the companies that, that, are, that are starting to win are the ones that are focused on, on value creation through things like um, you know, putting out really amazing content and supporting 
interconnectivity inside of their forums and like getting community members talking to each other and hosting great events. And, you know, there's the, the sort of platonic ideal, I think here is a, a company that, you know, puts out so much cool stuff that some stranger could like come into their orbit, um, find some educational content and, and come away like better, happier, entertained, whatever. And maybe never, maybe never buy something today, but maybe in the future. Yeah. Uh, and if, if companies reorient around value creation, we think it's a win for society because people are learning, they're connecting, they're you know, getting entertained. Um, and th if you think about the, the, the employees on the other side of that, it's, it's fewer people kind of in the boiler room trying to close a deal and more people thinking creatively about how can we use our resources as a company and a community to, 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 to educate, to entertain, to connect. Uh, and we think it really fundamentally shifts the way companies think about going to market. Um, so that's, that's sort of how the, the, the culture and the tooling are inter interconnected. And so when we think about our, our, our platform and product, you know, we're, we're trying to make design choices that encourage people to think about the individual and celebrate the people and like find those milestones. And, you know, there's, we, we have a lot to, to solve along these lines, but um, you know, our, our North star is trying to help people think about value creation versus value capture. Makes a lot of sense. Really cool. And you've mentioned before that there are some correct and maybe some not so appropriate ways of measuring the ROI of communities. And we have seen like there's been often pressure from the leadership of a lot of different companies pushing teams to measure things like revenue generated or leads captured, as you mentioned, and so on. So I'm curious to, to hear your thoughts on this topic. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a very top of mind question for pretty much everyone we speak with. And uh, it's it's a nuanced question and I, I, I've, got a, I've got several thoughts on this. So uh, I think it starts on one hand, uh, you know, sort of starting at the maybe philosophical level, but uh, I think it's, you know, it starts with why, like we sort of all agree with this, but I, I think communities that are associated with companies, uh, they actually have two whys. Mm -hmm. and, and, and here's what I mean by that. Community as a, as a term is very, is very broad. So Kubernetes is a community and my neighborhood running club is a community. Yet they have really nothing in common <laughs> for the most part, <laughs> yeah. um, and so so uh, what I what I'm speaking about and what we think about at Orbit is is those communities that are sort of somewhat commercial in nature. They're associated with a project, a company, whatever. And I think I think I think all communities have one why, and it's 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 you know things like connection and education and and propping people up and supporting folks and you know driving engagement, all of those things. I think commercial communities actually have a, a second why. Uh, which has to be tied back to the reason that business exists. And so, so I, I think that's, that's crucial to understand that first of all, and, and being able to articulate both of your whys and communicate that internally. Um, the second part is, is education for the exec team, the sales team, the finance team around how community contributes to business metrics. And I think the spectrum is, is, you know, if you think about like a like a diagram on, on one, on the left side of the diagram, you've got your community. And then somewhere far on the right side of the diagram, you've got revenue and margin. And so those are the sort of ultimately like everything in a business is trying to influence either making more money or making more profit essentially. Um, and so the question is, how does community connect to those two things? And the reality is it's, it's, a, it's a complex system in between community and those business metrics. And what, what people try to do oftentimes, uh, especially those that sort of are familiar with the sales and marketing funnel as a, as a metaphor, they try to simplify it so much 
And this is why they ask questions like how many leads came from the meetup or the forum or whatever. And because they're trying to connect like with one step, the community to revenue. Uh, but right. the reality is, is it's, it's, it's a complex system in the sense that the input on the community side has, uh, there's a lag time between the output on the business side. And I think this is a fundamental understanding that, that if, if everyone's sort of on the same page about this, the conversations would be a lot more uh, valuable, I think, inside of companies. And so what, one of the things we say is that revenue is a, a second or third or fourth, an, an in-order effect, if you will, of a healthy community. And it's, it's possible to map out the, the impact, but it's not, it's not a one-step thing. Uh, and so I, I think the funnel, you know, the funnel is like a simple machine. You know, like if you, mm -hmm. you have a lever, you push down one side of the lever, the other side goes up, you can see yeah. it. Um, but community, it's, you know, it's kind of a silly metaphor, but it's like, it's more like a, like a forest ecosystem. You like, you get some more sunlight in this part of the forest and over time, something grows. Um, and it's hard to predict and it is, there's, there could be a lag time, but you know, if you take the right steps and create the correct, correct conditions, then the outputs will happen. Um, and so, so I think it's, it's incumbent on community leaders, DevRel folks, marketing folks to like sit down and have this conversation and map out what are the ways that a healthy community actually leads to revenue down the line. And so uh, it, it depends on the community, but what we've seen is things like, okay, if we have a, if we have a, a, a vibrant community where people are talking to each other and things are generally non-toxic, um, if we have that, then we will have a more engaged audience to attend our events. Like it's just gonna be easier to get people to come to events if there's a thousand people that are hanging out in Slack every day. Uh, okay, more people at events means more people downloading the trial, you know, and that more trial means more adoption, means more conversion rate. And so you can see how you can connect the dots from the, the premise of what's going on in the community to those revenue things, but it's not as simple as a, as a, as a one-step equation. And it's, it's certainly the case that if you, if you optimize, if you try to op, like take optimization steps on your community to get more revenue from it, it will die <laughs> with like yeah. it immediately because it's a separate, it's a separate why. Um, and so there has to be trust, I think, for the, for the sort of commercial teams inside of a company to right. understand that the, the, the goods will arrive, but it's just, it's not a matter of input and output. Uh, and so this is where coming back to the orbit model, like measures like love and reach can, can become really interesting because those are essentially leading indicators of these, of these second, third order, fourth effects. So if you're increasing the reach of your community, it means like there's more people talking about you on a bigger platform. Like that's a good thing. It's, it's hard to know exactly how good it is, but like that's a positive leading indicator. If, if your love is increasing, it means that more people are doing more things more frequently inside your community. Uh, if that's working, okay, great. Like that's, that's awesome. And so, so what we see people doing with our product is, is watching the love increase, benchmarking that on, on the sort of the product side of things and trying to understand what's like, if we know if we can drive more activity in the forum, then in three months, we know that new trials are going to go up by 40% or whatever. So that's really, so, so order, like love and reach and tools like that, or me measures like that really start to serve as the, the baseline and the basis for connecting community output from things like product conversion, revenue, margin, things like that. So, uh, but it's, it's an educational thing uh, and everyone kind of has to be on the same page. I think that it's a complex system here that it's, it's not quite as simple, but, but what I think is what you get is uh, you trade simplicity uh, for, a, for a more true view of the world. 
is, is what I guess what I'm trying to get at. Like simple, simple, simple models are nice because they make us feel good. It's like, oh, like, yeah, it's a funnel. Yeah. Like you put some things in, some stuff comes out. I, I can go to sleep at night. Um, <laughs> but, but I think, I think companies that are starting to win are starting to recognize that there's a lot more complexity here and that we're going to, we're also going to buy into a little bit more complexity in service of really understanding what's going on. So the, the orbit model has a lot of moving pieces, but if you kind of, if you go all in on it, you, you have a better sense for what's happening versus just like trying to look at your community as like a four-step funnel. So right. uh, that's, that seems to resonate with a lot of people. No, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And, um, I remember last time we chatted, we were talking about like how 2020 has been a tough year for a lot of people and teams. And like, sadly, we have seen a lot of companies shutting down their DevRel departments. And I was curious, like if you have some insights into why is it that DevRel teams are often the first to be laid off in times of crisis? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good question and an unfortunate outcome. You know, I, I have known lots of really great community builders and a lot of really great DevRel folks in my career. Uh, and there, there are several types of personas in, in those roles. You could probably think of a number of, of, of on your own. Uh, and, and sometimes some of the best community builders are some of the most intuitive people. Like they just they get it. They know how to do it. They're great at relationships. They can build programs. Um, so, so those folks are often like they have superpowers around community. Uh, a lot of times they also have trouble explaining the value of what they're doing uh, because it's just not in their DNA. It, it may feel weird for them to try to try to ascribe a business value to their community um, because with an inappropriate framing that can feel extractive. Uh, and so I think what, what I've seen is that the, the organizations that, um, you know, oft, often get, when they get cut first, it's, it's, a, it's a symptom of a couple of things. Um, you know, one is it's, a, I, would, I would consider a reactive executive team, uh, just making short-term decisions around, you know, where, where, to, where to cut the fat, quote unquote, because, as we know, the, 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 the impact of community is, is a long, it's a long game. Uh, and so if you're just trying to, to save burn rate in the near term, okay, like you can cut the, cut the DevRel team, save some revenue or save some, save some um, overhead uh, and hope things get better later. So that's, I mean, it's, it's probably a practical decision in that regard. Um, you know, one could say that that's a short-sighted move that when the recovery hits, you're gonna, you know, you're, you're in, a, in, a, in an unfortunate position of not having been investing in the brand, the community, et cetera. So, yeah. um, you know, it won't be there. So I, I, I think it's, it's partially on the, the sort of exec team, the board making, making short-term decisions. Uh, but I also, th I theorize that if, if those teams had um, better tools and better frameworks for expressing the impact that they're having, uh, then they, they would be less susceptible to sort of a, a quote unquote, easy decision to cut them. Uh, and so that's, that's one of our hopes with, with Orbit is that we're, we can give people a, just a, a, a rich trove of data about the community and how things are going, what's growing, who's really, who's really engaging, uh, how can you re-engage people that have churned out of the community and, you know, really connect the dots between a, a healthy, active community and those business metrics we've been talking about. So I, I think if we can help close that gap, then, then some of those teams will be less susceptible. And so coming back to those sort of community builders who are intuitive and sort of artistic in their approach, um, you know, if we can just get, get, let, let us handle the data, basically, like you do your thing, Orbit will help you measure the outcomes. And then, you know, when, when the CEO comes asking for impact, you know, we can, we can help produce charts and reports and, and help tell that full story of the impact that's happening now. 
Yeah, makes a lot of sense. And from your point of view, what's a healthy community like? Yeah, I think it's there's there's a number of factors. I think I think uh, quantitatively, ac- activity is one. Uh, so mm-hmm. we, we probably have all showed up to a Slack community, uh, communities in quotes <laughs> there. And you know, there's like nobody's really said anything in like a month, and there's like the only thing that's that's in there is like somebody asking for a favor. <laughs> it's yeah, like, you're like okay, this is not. You call this a community, but this is really just a, like a, a ghost town. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and so, so I think activity is one. Uh, I, I do think the the de facto state of a community member is actually drift, drifting away. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, if, if people aren't engaging, they're 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 floating. Um, that's that's why actually why time is a component of of the love score in the orbit model, because um, essentially right. the, the love should decay over time. Uh, so I think activity is one. So quantitatively, but qualitatively. Um, there's there's a lot under the hood to a qualitative measure, and so part of it is, um, you know, ensuring that the conversations are are healthy and non toxic, and there's not bullying and hate speech and all that sort of stuff going on. Um, that's uh, you know obviously table stakes for a healthy community. But another mark of a healthy community is uh, interconnectedness between the members. Uh, so so this I think is a is is one distinction between an audience and a community. You know, where an audience is kind of like one to many, like the the company talking yeah. out into the world. Um, community starts to really happen when folks are talking to each other, helping each other, encouraging each other. Um, and so, so when that's happening, that's, that's, that's how, you know, you're, I, I think one measure of how, you know, you're onto something. I mean, I think about our, our orbit discord channel where, you know, we, we do have an announcements channel where we like announce, you know, new features and blog posts and stuff, but right. we also have like the show and tell channel where, you know, just today people are sharing new, new connectors and integrations they're building on their own and people are asking questions and, um, it's pretty cool to see that. And so, yeah, I think th- those are some of the factors. So like activity, you know, uh, interconnectivity, and then of course, like a lack of bullying and toxicity and stuff like that. Those are some of the things that I, I think about when I think about healthy communities. Cool. And lastly, uh, what are your predictions for 2021 about DevRel and community management? Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's an interesting question. Uh, I, I think w- one big one we think a lot about and have noticed a lot about is the uh, the, the, the idea that community is distributed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, on, on one hand, um, some of our customers have asked the question, like, what's the, what's going to be the one community tool to rule them all? Like, what's the, what's the one place where I can just, everybody can just go. And I, as the community manager, don't have to like go to a bunch of different other places. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think the reality is, is community is distributed. It's going to be, it's going to continue to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it, that means that Companies will will have to maintain a sort of a constellation of, of platforms, you know. That's some combination of a live chat, like a Discord, plus a forum, plus Twitter, GitHub. In many cases, uh, you're not, you're just. I don't think we're going to be able to unify that into a single a single thing. Um, and I think the reality is, the community members are going to go where they want to go. And you know, we we may as a company want people to just like to come to the single platform, but that's just not the way it's it's. It's not the way consumers, users, customers think about things. They're not like, oh, gee, what's the one? I just wish I had one platform to go to. You know, that's not how they think about it. So, uh, so I, I think in that world, the the question is, you know, for the company, how do you ensure delivering a good experience across those channels, across those platforms? Of course, yeah, you know, my view is a little biased on this because Orbit helps you do that. <laughs> but um, I, I think I think it's incumbent on companies and, and their community teams to figure out. What are the platforms and how do we deliver a great experience across them? Um, 2020 was just rife with new players in the community space. 
you know, new chats, new forums, new ways, mm-hmm. like, and I, I don't think that's slowing down. Uh, and so I, I think, I think companies have to figure out how to deliver across all of those channels. So that's, that's one of my, one of my big predictions. Uh, I, I think over time, what we're going to see is, is a potentially a, 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 a morphing of um, community as, as a, as a function into a broader uh, adoption centric go-to-market team. And what I mean by that is if you think about, think about marketing today as like a, a department, there's like a million different jobs in, in that, in that, in that team. There's like quantitative demand gen people. There's like brand designers. There's usually the community team sitting in marketing. It's like this enormous, huge, huge department with like all these different jobs. So what I, one theory I have is that go-to-market teams will actually bifurcate into two organizations. Uh, one will be demand gen, SDRs, AEs, like mm-hmm. here are the people that are thinking about sales. Like the team that's responsible for like the part of the website where someone puts their email address in to download a white paper <laughs> and they go, through, <laughs> they go you know, the sales yeah. team follows up. That's, that's one. And then the other part of the go-to-market team will, will be focused on driving adoption. And adoption is this sort of, we call it product led, bottom up, you know, this sort of self-serve approach to, to going to market. And that includes events and content and it includes community. So really, I, I think community is actually the highest leverage approach to a, an adoption-centric go-to-market. And so I think, I think community teams today will start to feel less like a sort of a sideshow or a siloed piece of a broader story and actually be at the forefront of what it means to drive adoption for the company. Because if you have a ha- an active and healthy community, all the other parts of adoption become easier. Like a really active community means there's a lot of content being produced and there's a lot of questions being answered. There's a lot of reviews happening. There's like better chance that your events are attended and your your messaging on social is is um, is amplified. And so what I, what I think is that the folks thinking about community will start to, to think more broadly about the, the, the impact of the community and so stop thinking about just like only the community itself and like how to be a better community manager and, and, and reposition to think more strategically about how the outputs from the community actually drive forward all these other parts of the business. And so I think that to me is, is distinct from the folks thinking about like the linear sales and marketing thing. Uh, and so I'm, I'm not sure if that's this year or the coming years, but I think, I think go-to-market teams will start to look very, very different uh, with, with community as a, as a strategic lever at the forefront of driving adoption. Right. Yeah. Cool. So Patrick, thank you so much for joining us. It was a pleasure having you in the show. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Really, really fun conversation and uh, keep up the great work. Thanks a lot. And thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you next time. You have been listening to Technically True, a podcast about public speaking, developer relations and technology. Hosted and produced by Tanepan.